You're listening to The Athletic Mind with your host, Taylor Cook and Lauren Williams. Welcome back to another episode of The Athletic Mind, where we dig deep and shed light on the mental side of sports for athletes and coaches by having open conversations about mental health, mindset, and performance. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Athletic Mind, back in for season two this year. And we're really excited to introduce to you a very special guest today. We are joined by Jory Davis, a professional basketball player and also the founder and CEO of Weevolve, which is a members-only decentralized platform for elite athletes around the world that enables them to manage their own careers and lifestyle. Jory is also dedicated to empowering athletes to own their legacy on and off the playing field and to gain more control as a collective. Jory, how's it going? Hi, I'm good. I'm I'm happy to be here. A long time coming. Took us some time to 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 reconnect, but it's the new year, so mm-hmm. we're here. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. Thank you for the intro. It was wonderful. Um, but yeah, I'm glad to be here. Well, I know it's uh challenging to balance life, sport, work as a professional athlete. So I totally get why it takes us so long to not only connect the first time but to reconnect to actually sit down and and record this podcast Um, but glad that we're doing it and maybe to to just kind of kick things off here so the listeners can get to know you a little bit more do you want to share a little bit about you and and your background and your experience playing uh playing basketball yeah so jory davis uh born and raised in new orleans uh played indiana university and was drafted to the WNBA. And from there, I went on the journey of playing and taking my talents abroad. I've played in eight different countries, and I have played over 12 years of my career, uh, gone through five different agents, uh, dealt with a number of issues contractually, uh, payments, et cetera, you name it, Mm -hmm. Um, solo traveling, everything around being kind of an ex-pathlete. I've kind of gone through it. And... uh, it was been a beautiful journey because through the journey, um, it brought me here uh, to the position I'm in now, still playing, but also now creating solutions to things I wish I had um, in the past. So, yeah, that's 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 it. I am the CEO founder of Weevolve, which all stemmed from my own experiences and struggles and wanting to create something that would be um, that would have longevity in the new world of technology, especially also Web3. And so I wanted to create something that is very basic and humbly like what we do naturally, but also bring it, make sure it has longevity and continues as the rest of the sport industry evolves. Um, So yeah, I'm currently in Italy playing my 12th season right now uh, near Bologna. And, you know, just, just continuing the journey, evolving personally and professionally. Love to hear that. And I actually really enjoyed that uh, that term. I haven't heard it before, ex-pathly. That's, that's really good, actually. I can relate mm-hmm. to, to a lot of what you said, especially about like being overseas and, and playing. I've only played in like three different countries or maybe four now that I think about it. But um, there's only luckily been one who's like not followed through on payments. And that actually caused me to leave that team and, and pursue uh 
pursue the rest of the season elsewhere. Um, but it happens more often than, than people realize that it does. And I don't know if it's just maybe in, in women's sports, or maybe it does happen in men's sports as well. I think it's also maybe, uh, particular to certain countries more than others and, and that kind of stuff. But I'd actually like to hear a little bit more about your experience coping through that, because as a, as an athlete living overseas away from home, obviously like you depend on getting paid on time so you can yeah. live. So we want to dive into that a little bit more. Yeah, no, I think it's, you know, when we talk about, which is something I just learned, you know, when we talk about trauma, we think it's like, Oh, I was, you know, something more extreme that, you know, someone major or parent died or abuse in some way, but traumas can come very small. And I think a lot of us in the overseas community have dealt with this type of trauma of in silence, not having a month of salary, your family and fans think, see one thing projected on social media, but you're sitting here missing a month of salary that can really make a break, you know, mm -hmm. um, and so I think for me, especially in my early years, you know, coming out of college, you were already broke. <laughs> you didn't have, <laughs> yeah. you didn't have anything. Yeah, you were a pro, but you weren't a pro as in now you're like LeBron getting millions out the gate. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, it was, it was stressful and, and in silence, you didn't talk to anyone to know that, Hey man, I, I'm, they're late on my payment and only have a little bit of this left I want to enjoy this lifestyle but technically I can't mm -hmm. because I can't afford it um and so then it's it's this silence issue as well where you don't have the trust in your agent who should be advocating for you and should be making sure their clients have enough to sustain their lifestyle because if you're stressed due to the things in your lifestyle you're going to be stressed on the field or on the mm -hmm. court um so for me, I think how I coped with it, I didn't cope with it well. I think I, I was silenced. I was I played this persona as if every everything was good and trying to figure out how I was gonna maintain, how I was gonna figure it out, you know, hoping they paid me my money. Cause if they don't, shoot, what's gonna happen? Mm -hmm. Um luckily, eventually I, I got enough of my salary through throughout my the times when I did deal with late payments um and some of the teams that didn't pay things like bonuses or maybe I didn't get a full salary it was towards the end so I had received most of my salary so everything was fine but I I know how it feels when you're not sure about that mm -hmm. um and I know many players deal with it on a on a big scale and so um I didn't deal with it the right way I internalized it I was silent um, and just try to figure out solutions of how I would make money if I didn't get the salary on my own. Mm -hmm. um, and that caused a lot of stress, a lot of stress. And how did that show up in your performance, do you think? Because obviously, if you're stressed about not having enough, you know, financial financial means to, you know, live and sustain the lifestyle as a professional athlete, obviously needing to fuel your body properly, not just with like nutritious food, but also with the proper like supplementation as well. Like how did that impact your mm -hmm. performance being so worried and concerned about, am I going to get paid this month or am I going to get the right amount of money? I think truthfully, everybody's personality is different for me. And I think a lot of athletes that have a certain mindset you channel that and you're like, I got to, like, I want better. I want more. I want a better team. So I'm going to kill because this, 
if I dominate here, get the stats, I'm going to go to the next level and I won't have to deal with these types of teams that don't pay, blah, blah, blah. I think it's more so how does it manifest with your authentic self and how you approach team environments. And I think that's one of the big things that causes the overseas space to become so isolating because many people aren't making the money that others perceive. And so everyone's so isolated and about their own plate because they're trying to just make it. They're mm-hmm. just, you know, it's that crabs in the basket. It's that doggy dog. It's that, you know, lower every, every it's a, the, it's always the same story, lower income areas and stuff. It's that same mentality that you realize that, okay, you're being selfish on the court. You're being selfish because you are putting your statistics and what you need for your resume and your career before the other team. Even though your authentic self wants to play as a team because you love this game. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, I was always at a constant battle with those two sides and faces. Um, And I think gratefully, lucky for me, I was able to not fall into that trap and maintain being a team player. And yeah, people say you pass too much and stuff, but for me, I've had a long career and I've been able to balance it for some, they aren't as blessed to figure it out. Um, so I think for me, when those things were happening initially early in my career, I think it more so impacted how I approached the game and Mm -hmm. I approached it from a selfish standpoint, which wasn't fulfilling, which doesn't make you feel good. And when you go home, it makes it feel more like a job than more of what you're doing as a passion. Mm -hmm. So I think that's how it came in for me. It didn't Mm -hmm. really affect my game because that motivated me to want more. Mm -hmm. What you see, again, same certain people from lower income, people from, you know, areas that they don't have as many resources, they kind of fight to to make it out. Um, But I know that's not true for every athlete. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then I'm also kind of curious on that note, like you said that you went through like what five agents. So how did switching up your agency also impact how you've shown up to be like playing and like where you've also been able to get the opportunities to play right because I mean I have an agent and I've been with him for like basically the entire time I've been playing overseas and he's been been great but I also know that I do have to do a lot of advocating on my own because I don't get paid a ton as as a female Mm -hmm. hockey player in Europe it's just not the reality yet and I don't know if if it's ever going to be a, an amazing reality in the next like five, 10 years, to be honest with you, uh, just looking at the way the sport's been developing here very slowly. But that being said, like, I know that if it wasn't for him and his connections, that I wouldn't have been able to go to some of the places that I have been already. Yeah. Um, for me, the agent journey was really... I'm glad I went through it because it it forced me to do my research and really learn what the business was really about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, different agents have different access to different networks. And um, I am grateful for every agent that ever brought my name up to a coach or a team. Um, but in the reality, um, it's players' talent that gives those agents power and access to rooms that they would never have access to if a certain group of talented athletes didn't give them that power. 
Um, and when I started to realize that my network of athletes that play all over the world are just as strong as the network that the agents have when sometimes, of course, as I've gotten older, a lot of agents don't know as much as we know as a community. Mm -hmm. But we give that power as if we can't, you know, tell someone this is open or this is going on here. Um, and so for me, you know, I think it's been early on in my career, of course, when you first get in your start, you need to your name to be introduced to the market because, you know, you're in America. Um, but I think what I've learned is that we relinquish our power, especially if you're talented. Now, I know if you, you're not really well known, you do need someone to put your name into the space, uh, which could be an agent or it could be a former teammate, you know, a former coach. Anyone can say, hey, I know this player is legit. Uh, but for me, I learned that, you know, I had just as much power in a, in a network as those representing me. And so for me, throughout my journey of five agents, I just learned that I didn't need to pay attention to detail because if I didn't, I would lose out on opportunities. Or I would allow my career to be dictated by one person who has their own goals for their business, their own wants and needs. And so if for them and their goal as an agent, it's better for me to go to this team. But for me and my career and my life, it's better me for me to go to that team, but I'm not communicating that and I'm not advocating for myself, then that agent could be very well doing a job. He's getting me a job and stuff, but he might be getting me a job in places that aren't fulfilling, that pay me 10K or 20K less, et cetera, all because of his plan and his goals and his business or he or she. So for me, going through five different agents really just taught me that there is no savior you know, many players think, oh, I need an agent. Well, no, look around at yourself first. Look at your network, your resources, where you've been, who you've played against, where are they? Do they validate you? Do you have good relationships with them? Um, and then on top of that, yes, you can get an agent um, for contractual things, things you don't understand, of, of course. But when it comes to the networking element, I just learned that I was giving away my power instead of accepting that power. Um mm -hmm. And it took a lot, a lot of time. So I think going through five agents, I just really learned the business and learned how different people do business, the networks they have as agents, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the whole point of realizing that it, it's us. It's the network of athletes that really could shift it and make things better and more transparent for us. Mm -hmm. Well, and obviously this plays a, a major role into the, uh, the creation of Weevolve on your behalf. And I want to dive into that soon, but I also really want to talk about the importance of what you just said in terms of advocating for yourself and making sure that you're tapping into your own network because you don't realize just how much reach you have until you actually sit down and look at all the people that you have within your network. It doesn't have to be like super close friends, obviously, but it can be people, like you said, that you've played with, played against coaches that you've, you've played for, or even people that you've, that have, you've played against, right? Like there's so many valuable avenues that you can go down to find the next team that you want to be playing with that are in alignment with the values that you have for yourself. And I say this because when I had originally graduated from university, 
I was intending to go and play in Kazakhstan for a three-year contract. And maybe a couple of weeks before I was supposed to leave, it fell through at the very last minute. And I was absolutely devastated because it was like a couple of weeks before the season was about to start and I had nowhere to go. And so mm-hmm. it just, things kind of panned out really well in the sense that I had another team from a different country reach out to me and I ended up going there and not playing, but I ended up coaching And that's where like the contractual issues kind of started to come into play later on. And one of the girls whom I used to play against in university and would have been teammates with in Kazakhstan, she had actually sent me a message that she saw a tweet from a team in Washington, D.C. on behalf of a team in Norway that was looking for a a women's goaltender for their team. Mm -hmm. And like just the whole way this whole thing like played out I just thought this is the weirdest most absurd thing ever (laughs) but like it happened for a reason and that's what brought me to Norway where I ended up playing for for two seasons before I moved here to Germany and um I played like a little bit of uh division four here in Germany with the men's team and then uh, I'm now actually currently playing for the team in Kazakhstan that I was supposed to play for like four years ago so it's interesting the way everything kind of plays out but that just goes to show the power of tapping into that network like all all it takes is is one person to know one other person and the next thing you know you're moving to a completely different country and it's like blows my mind every time I think about that yeah no it's, it's it's beautiful it happens all the time and even coaches now are asking the players on their team for references or if they're looking for new players who do you know do you know this player if the player if the coach already has a player in mind they're asking do you know this player what do you think Mm -hmm. so it's shifting it's just are we ready as athletes to own that and and understand that now we have control instead of sitting back relinquishing that work or duty onto an agent or someone else um so yeah, I mean it's it's crazy. Like that's a crazy story for sure. <laughs> mm, yeah, it's it's blows my mind every time I think about it. But um but then again, like that kind of plays into this whole amazing platform that you've created with Weevolve. So let's talk a little bit about what Weevolve is and how your per I mean, I think it's gonna be obvious how your personal experience has has played into this this platform but we can maybe talk about it a little bit more in depth yeah so the the weevolve mission is to to assemble a global collective of athletes um, within the platform that allows them to um, build community advocate for themselves um, and also create the lifestyle that they they would ultimately want Um, and so on the weevolve platform is it's in a sense a management tool um, a software management tool dedicated to athletes um, and it, it really allows them to be able to search, validate, and execute on all types of things related to their sport career, professional career, and then also their lifestyles. And so when it comes to uh, the community-based element, um, we really are creating a platform that allows the athlete and their tribe of other athletes or the community in general to share information more efficiently with one another, um, especially sharing the stats, past histories with teams, agents, service providers is one of the big ones. Um, And we do it in a unique way that allows the athlete to feel comfortable, to feel as though they can 
uh, be protected depending on the information they, they report. Um, and then, of course, we do have things in place where they can report even more serious things around uh, service providers and people they, they connect with. Um, I think when it pertains to the agents, one thing I like to say is like check their stats. So we are rated, we are watched, you know, people stalk our Instagrams, Twitter, Google us, like everything about us as athletes is out there, our stats. But when you turn to go hire an agent, it's like cricket. Some agents that have a lot of big name players, their LinkedIn's are blah, their IG doesn't exist, their websites are outdated. Doesn't seem fair, in my opinion, that they can go stalk us, have our coaches' numbers, have everybody's number, yet we have nothing on them. And so the goal and mission of WeVolve is to change that, um, to now allow both parties, both sides, to have just as much transparency about us, and we have just as much transparency and information about you. Mm -hmm. um, and so when it comes to the agent service providers, that is one element. Um, but in a sense, players have their own personal dashboard um, where they can access community, they can ask, access um, things targeted to their own personal team of people that help them manage their career, discover and validate people. Um, and then also they can find other elements of around their lifestyle um, and daily things they need for their expat life, um, which is more so targeting that, that athlete abroad uh, group of athletes. Mm -hmm. So does that mean that it's only athletes that are on the platform then? Or does that mean that maybe not now, but or maybe it's sometime in the future, maybe not at all, that there's going to be like service providers or agents who can become involved with Evolve because they're like checked and vetted and they're maybe like trusted resources to a lot of athletes within the community. Because I think you said at this point, the beta stage is now out, but it's strictly geared towards basketball at the moment correct yeah so it is athlete only and okay. there will be a, a separate portal of course it will be connected but agents and service providers that are not former athletes their view and access will be very limited they will only have access basically to interact with athletes when they choose to interact with them um, mm -hmm. and so yes the core of uh, Wevolve is a athlete only ecosystem. Um, if you are a former athlete that becomes an agent or a doctor or something, um, then obviously you are still in that community. Um, so you have the best of both worlds mm -hmm. in a sense. And that's, that goes to our mission of empowering athletes. Um, and when we say that we don't mean on the field, we mean also empowering you in your business, um, especially when you are building a business for us <laughs> um, to better the next generation. And so that's how that works uh, for agents, service providers, individuals that aren't um, former athletes, but are still in the business. Um, they still are on Wevolve, but of course, it's very clear that they have a different portal and access to Wevolve. And, and so an agent, for example, that's co-managing maybe the, the vault for a player, that player has to give them permissions to their vault to manage, let's say, documents or contracts within the WeVault right. platform. Okay. Um, and then teams, of course, have a different portal, but they still can engage with an athlete 
from their main Weevolve dashboard, et cetera, but it's just basically protected where the community elements and the peer-to-peer -peer elements of Weevolve will always and forever be private to us as athletes. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, every athlete needs to be validated as well to be immersed in that that section. And we we do continue to have plans to make sure we we try to keep everyone validated so we can keep it a safe space for as long as possible as we scale. So what do the service providers have to kind of disclose in their, I'm going to go with profiles, depending on if it's an agency or an, like individual agents or how that process works? Like what kind of info do they need to provide to the athletes? If, you know, obviously you're trying to kind of flip the script in the sense, okay, like obviously agents have access to all of this stuff that they can get outside of this platform. But the issue mm -hmm. is the fact that we have no idea what's going on with the agents that are representing us. Right. So what, what is right. it that they have to provide to be a part of the platform? Yeah. So there's, first of all, to be a part, there's a validation process via the community that they must go through. Mm -hmm. um, and then of course there are public uh, data points that we would gather. Um, so we have proprietary algorithm of how we would basically create their own stat sheet on their profile. So it would be elements that the, the service provider doesn't need to give because we would do that on the Weebob side to gather historical data points, et cetera. Um, let's say for, for a service provider, like a financial advisor, or let's say someone that does investments for the athlete, um, obviously that won't be public data points that we can gather. So yes, for certain individuals, we are working through separate um, validation processes away from the athlete where they have to give and agree to constantly report certain things um, to make sure the player has access and a transparent view of what that service really does and how successful have they been in providing that service. Um, and so, yeah, there's there's just different elements for each service provider that changes a trainer, what's important and what historical information we want to see might not be something we can gather. So they might have to agree to our terms and conditions to give that data point and then our proprietary algorithms will collect it and put it in a way that gives a player a snapshot of their stats the same way someone can say I average you know, 20 points shot, this percentage, um, won this amount of games in my career, all those things, um, that same type of feedback. We want to create a new way of sharing information on service providers. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that so much. Cause even now that I think about it and we're having this conversation, I'm like, I don't really know that much about my agent, <laughs> like at all. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy how many people, some people haven't even, I know players, they never even at a FaceTime. They've only emailed WhatsApp. Mm -hmm. A few players say, I have that agent. And that gives them this feeling of, oh, well, this these players have that agent, so cool. But it's like, you don't even know the person. Mm -hmm. Like, you haven't seen their face. That's, that's what if something happens to you over in this country? Like, what happens? So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, pretty, it's, it's alarming, mm -hmm. the, the trust players give because they think that's the only way um to do business which it is technically it is there there hasn't been much created yet um mm -hmm. so 
Yeah. And you also brought up the, okay, like the idea of maybe it's not an agent, but maybe it's a trainer. So that kind of brought me to my, the next question of like, what kind of services will be provided to the athletes within that community? Because I know, obviously I know you through athlete ER here in Germany with the team of coaches that I work with here. So what exactly is the, the breadth of the services that will be provided? Yeah. So again, um, to be clear, Weevolve doesn't offer any services. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, it is Weevolve that will be the platform that allows for these service providers to come on and offer their service direct to our community. Um, but this, we're not limiting service providers, of course, to start for MVP. We are more so focused on agents um, and health and wellness, mental health professionals. Uh, we think that's the most common one right now. Um, and then, of course, there will be finance. And then, of course, it will kind of grow to trainers, masseuse, you name it. You mm -hmm. know, if the player um, needs an individual and we learn that this is something common um, that many players utilize and need, um, a provider will be able to come on and help with that. You know, I know a lot of athletes that are in fashion and now they do, you know, uh, what is it called? when individuals help you stylists, they're stylists, mm -hmm. you know, that that's a service provider. They might offer a service and they're a former athlete. So the provider is, is not limited from our end is more so what's relevant to the community. And as the community tells us, we allow them to, to allow and recommend these service providers onto the platform. Um, so again, it's the process is very much community and collective driven um, we don't take control um, because I think that's kind of where things we feel out of touch. Now we mm -hmm. sit back with the athletes and someone at a table says, well, we're going to give the athlete this mental health professional. And then no one's going because no one trusts them because mm -hmm. they're tied or one person knows something that went bad, but they didn't report anything, but they told some players and they're like, no, this person's bad. And now the school's wondering why no one's going to that person because the athletes know, but they don't feel comfortable or safe to tell you. Mm -hmm. And so with Weevolve, that's the type of things that we're trying to debunk that now you don't, you have access to a number of different people. If your teammates, five of them go to one person, that doesn't mean it's the best fit for you. You can go to this person. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of, again, the goal is to be very decentralized and very community driven where Weevolve, you know, board and stuff isn't controlling everything. Mm -hmm. um, what happens is going to be a reflection of us. And that's something new that we haven't really seen yet. Yeah, absolutely. I was just thinking about how you're, you're absolutely right with normally if you're a part of any sort of platform, it's always the people who are on like the executive board, for example, that are making the decisions as to what it is you're actually able to see and access which, okay, to a certain extent is good to have structure. But when you want to be part of a community where you can say like, hey, this is something that we need. And if there's a bunch of people that are saying it, you don't have to wait until a board of directors says, okay, like, yeah, we'll, we'll approve this. But if the community is demanding, it, you're going to say, okay, like, we're listening to you. We're going to make sure that we're going to go and validate these companies services service providers before before allowing them on here but 
this is something that you're asking for. So we're going to do our best to follow through on it and show up for you. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, yeah, I think many individuals build platforms and they just get caught up in listening to everyone else saying, well, you have to do it this way. And, and I think from day one, I bet on the athlete and that we're going to continue to do that <laughs> and see where it goes. But I don't think anyone has fully bet on the athlete. I think mm-hmm. they've many platforms you see keep that mindset that the athlete won't take initiative or they won't do this. Well, we haven't tested it. <laughs> so let's see. And mm-hmm. if we're right, then great. We we took on a big risk that no one was willing to take away from the traditional industry leaders and traditional teams going to those that house the athletes. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's yet to be known what will happen. You, we talk to athletes and everyone says the same thing. Well, they chose this. They control everything. Well, now we're presenting a solution for us as a community to communicate, be transparent, and have more control. Mm-hmm. And let's see where it takes us. Well, I have a really good feeling about it, uh, just because this is a service I have never myself heard anything like is very unique in that sense which is great to see um and then I also wanted to to ask like a little bit about um the beta testing that you've you've started so did that start this year or was it the end of last year so it's starting this year um and we're about it should be beginning of February um or the end of this month where we're kind of on track for that and then, yes, yeah, basically a very private with only a few athletes and a few service providers will be able to come on to give feedback to make sure that interaction is is going to flow well. Um, and then we will be doing a, a private better launch, soft launch with the EuroLeague. Um, so that's still on. Uh, we had a, a little setback technically um, around October of last year. So talking about, you know, startup world is is not easy um with the you know just making sure the payment system was very secure mm-hmm. um and also making sure the contract element was very secure because we will be housing salaries and a lot of information that's private to athletes mm-hmm. um so we needed to really hunker down yeah. and make sure that was solid mm-hmm. um but we've we figured that out and and that's solid now so yeah it will be a private better with a few athletes that we trust, that understand the mission, that understand um, where we're going, who would, you know, be pretty loyal to the WeWalk brand and ensure that, you know, things aren't being talked about, et cetera, outside of this first test um, mm-hmm. to, to kind of give us leverage um, when we do launch. So are these these folks that are testing out the, the kind of, not soft launch, I guess, but like the beta process, is that like hand-picked from people that you know within your network? Because I did see on the website that you can actually apply to be a part of the beta. Yeah, so it is more so hand-picked individuals. You can apply, and then we will look at who applied and see if if we uh, kind of agree. That is the, the first process is very much the centralized way we mm-hmm. are, are hand-picking. Um, but, but yeah, it's more so handpicked. And then of course our advocates who we have reached out to, they do have uh, some rights to, to choose some individuals that they think 
they would want to give access to who they think mm -hmm. would be a good individual to test. Um, but yeah, for better, it is really key that we get with individuals that are open-minded, they're willing to share information because to build that community part, we need individuals that are willing to, to be the first. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, that does come with incentives where, you know, we are uh, building a model where they would have equity um, with what they're giving um, to us. And mm -hmm. so, again, just being very intentional with ensuring that we know how much value any athlete that comes and be the part of Weevolve is. And to start, um, we are looking in ways that we can structure the company that those key advocates um, are incentivized and get something of real value um, mm -hmm. when they come on the platform, not just, you know, $100 or something like that. Yeah, so, like so actually serving the athlete in a way that's beneficial to to everybody in the situation and they're fairly compensated for all of the advocacy that they're doing on your behalf and extending to their networks and all that stuff. So I, Correct. I uh, respect that very much. I know a lot of places are just like, Oh yeah, we'll, you know, give you a hundred bucks or you can, you know, take a certain percentage of whatever, like, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's good to a certain extent, but you at least have a little bit more control when you have like the equity piece, right. Rather than just like, Hey, here's a code, go and use it and I'll get a, 15% kickback right. or whatever, whatever you buy or whatever that process is. So exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I did want to touch on that just because um, we're coming to a little bit of a close here and wanted to make sure that folks that are listening are aware of if they wanted to join or at least apply that that's an option for them. Um, what are your thoughts in terms of like the soft launch? Like how long is the, is the beta going before you do a soft launch that opens to the European market? Yeah. So the soft launch that opens to the market, we're looking to do that, um, the beginning of the season of 2023 for most players, which is around August. Um, we will still have a, a bet, a beta testing going on in the summer. Uh, but still very invite only to athletes within our community um, because the summertime is is really a lot of events are going on. So the lifestyle element and feature of Weevolve will be one of the bigger things that we will be testing mm -hmm. during that time. Um, and then the start of season 2023, uh, which will be around mid-August, that's when we're looking to do, um, again, uh, a launch. But regardless, the, the app is still invite only. So it is invite only regardless. So even if you sign up, um, you still would have to wait until someone inside the app gives you uh, the check mark uh, to, to enter. Mm -hmm. um, and it takes two, two or more must uh, kind of validate you. So that's also why we're kind of specifically starting with one sport mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, if, someone from the hockey world comes and everyone's like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like, but, you know, so it would, it would kind of, you know, suck. So we would need to gather our advocates from each sport. And once those advocates are on and they send their invites, that network grows um, over time. And mm -hmm. then more people would obviously have, have someone within the app who can validate them to enter. Mm -hmm. um so yeah that's that's the starting point for us and then once we get through this testing and make sure everything's good bugs out the way then 
uh, we will, uh, our plan is to really go into other sports specifically in Europe um, fairly quickly um, mm -hmm. because we know it's something that gets fun, especially the lifestyle part. We'll, we'll have more fun with it once we can introduce other sports um, and more different types of personalities from different backgrounds. Um, that's the part I'm most excited for and ready for. Mm -hmm. That'll be interesting to see the way all of these athletes from different places across, well, I'm assuming it's Europe to start, but just from across the globe in general, all being able to interact and, and meet and like, you could probably even host events for folks that are a part of the community. So I think that's also going to be a pretty exciting thing. I know um, one of the guys who we've had on this podcast before, he uh, he does this thing called Away Games. I don't know if you know Corey Camp. Mm -hmm. uh, he hosts Away Games, and there's a bunch of people that are in his Forever Athlete community where they just go and they they have these like competitions for like days or weekends, like little, almost like little retreats to still feel like you're in like the athlete lifestyle, even though you've like, mm -hmm. you know, hung it up and retired already. So um, seeing athletes of, of all different sports interact is always a, a very interesting, interesting uh, event and a good time usually. Yeah, no, I don't know if Corey can, but I have to check that out. That'd be cool. Um, because it's it's definitely needed a place for athletes to gather. So retreats is something that I've seen a few people trying to do some things, but definitely needs to continue. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, definitely um, open to meeting more athletes because that's when they'll get fun. Because there are so many athletes doing things um, in different scale sizes or all around the world. Um, and there are athletes a lot looking to get involved in something or mm -hmm. to do something so um, that's where if we can all kind of unite in a way and that's the whole point of creating Revolve then um, I think we can all co-create a lot of even better things and mm -hmm. it ultimately impacts our world of sport in a whole unique way mm -hmm. yeah I agree completely uh, that being said though um, I'm assuming that people are going to want to reach out, maybe talk to you, whether that's about your experience playing professionally, or maybe they want to learn a little bit more about Weevolve, whether they are a player or an agency service provider. Um, so where is the best place for folks to reach you at? Yeah, so uh, definitely you can contact me directly uh, on an email, jory at weevolve.net. Or you can contact me on IG, Jory Davis 32 um, There's also the Weevolve Society IG. Um, and we are always open for a quick DM. Um, you can email us at assemble at weevolve.net. And then also there's the Weevolve website, uh, www.weevolve.net. Um, and of course, um, Twitter, I am Jory Davis. And then Weevolve Society also on Twitter. Um, but again, any social channel where you see us pop up, you just literally contact us and we'll get back to you as soon as possible, but definitely follow the journey. Um, and, you know, we've been quiet a couple months doing the, the back end things, but, mm -hmm. but soon we'll be launching some more information, getting back out there. So just keep, keep an eye out, um, and exciting times to come. <laughs> Absolutely. We will put all of that information down in the show notes for everybody to go and get access to. And thank you so much, Jory, for taking the time to 
sit and record on the first full week back in 2023 it's been an absolute pleasure to hear about your experience and to learn a little bit more about all the work that you're doing not just playing professionally but also with me as well